You're listening to Vet Candy. Hi, I'm Caitlin Palmer. Thanks for joining me today. This is the Desk Winch Confessions. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Caitlin Palmer, a.k.a. The Desk Winch. A desk winch is a profession very similar to a veterinary receptionist, only better. We deal with not only fractious felines and cranky canines, oh no, we overcome their human equivalents as well, Karen and Chad. On my show, we validate vets and their support staff, as well as any of you other amazing, beautiful folks listening. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am so excited to have with me today, Natalie Malkett. She's a vet tech, but more than that, she is the CEO, owner, and founder of Blue Line Vet Technologies, LLC. Her love for animals guided her to her passion and purpose as a vet tech. She's a successful vet tech and entrepreneur working at one of the top veterinary universities in the world, Colorado State University. She is also the first vet tech at the university to invent a product, the Brady Boots, which we'll definitely talk about, and form a business around that product. So, I mean, she's kind of a big deal. Natalie believes that vet techs are the key to innovation and change in the veterinary industry and has built her company around that idea. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you for having me. So you've done so much hot girl shit. That's so cool. Thank you. You know, I've always a drive and um, just I want to be, you know, around animals, working with animals. When I was younger, didn't really have an idea of exactly what that was. I did have a love working with horses and I thought that was my plan and my path and started going down that road and things had changed and I ended up completely leaving the horse industry, veterinary industry and going over towards computer technology And I just got really bored with that. And I was being pulled back into the veterinary industry. And I actually met an incredible veterinarian that had a veterinary office in Greenwood Village in Colorado. And she really brought me in and showed me a lot of different things that really opened my eyes to veterinary medicine. One of them being, I had no idea that veterinary technicians existed. I just saw you were either assistant or a veterinarian, but I didn't know there were veterinary technicians. So I just kind of zoned into that and she helped me with school and got into school and, you know, got my degree and started working and just fell in love with anesthesia and just geared my career towards that. And here I am working at CSU. So did you go to CSU as a student or you went there later? You know, I, so Colorado has a few really good veterinary technology schools. It's a, an associate's degree that you can get and it's between two and three year degree, depending on what kind of credits you need. And there's um, Bell Ray that's in Denver. And I actually went up to the school up in Fort Collins. They worked with CSU. It was uh, Front Range Community College, and um, that program, I can't say enough about it. Like it, it was an excellent program, and being able to have the experience of going to CSU, doing an internship there, you know, it opens avenues for the, for the tech students and kind of shows them where their careers can go. There's technicians out there or students that are looking into becoming technicians. I really recommend you know, coming to Colorado and going to the program at Front Range, um, it's a really great, 
grade school. Sure. I didn't know until recently just how much a veterinary technician can do. I mean, you're not limited to just a vet clinic. You could work at a lab. You could work at a zoo. I mean, there's so many opportunities within vet med. So that's awesome. So it's the equivalent almost of an RN for animals. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many avenues, like you said, that veterinary technicians can take. And, you know, opening up now is the whole innovation side of veterinary medicine and technology and veterinary technicians in their everyday life at work. They're always coming up with solutions and making things work better. That's something that really drove me to get me to where I am in my career you know, to be a veterinarian or a veterinary technician, you have to have really good problem-solving skills. And that's something that can really lead you down a really neat path. And I think, you know, veterinary technicians during my career um, growing, um, you know, there are times veterinary technicians are not recognized for what they can do and kind of push behind the scenes. But I know so many incredible technicians that without them, the veterinary hospitals cannot survive. And I think the, um, you know, technicians are just amazing and um, working together with the veterinarians can have a great experience and make a practice really, really work really well. So. Oh gosh, absolutely. I know, especially since COVID, our poor vets are stretched so thin. They're seeing so many patients. They're doing so much. So the technicians are really stepping up and they're being superstars. Mm-hmm. We're being pushed, even at CSU, at Colorado State University, we're being pushed on a daily basis. And, you know, we are kind of in the golden tower with being at the university. And so um, I can't even imagine what it's like for veterinary technicians out at the clinics and, you know, in the major cities and all around the country. Like, it's, I, I just can't even imagine how stressful it can be. And, you know, the clients and the stress and not being able to, you know, meet with the clients face to face or have them come into the hospital. And, you know, it's crazy how stressful that can be and just how how much they put forward and how much effort and work, you know, that goes into a daily job, just opening the clinic and seeing the patients and doing the surgeries and having to deal with the whole COVID thing. I'm about sick of it. Are you sick of it? I'm. I'm about done. I am so tired of it. But unfortunately, I don't know if it's going to, it's never going to go away. We have to learn how to manage, manage it. But, you know, I, I feel like the technicians that stuck it out and, you know, gave their all through their, through the few years that we've been going through this and stood by their veterinarians, you know, and stood by their careers and lasted this long and they're still kicking like that's um that's incredible yes they're incredible superstars I know just our clinic which we're you know we're a pretty small clinic but over COVID I feel like our turnover rate has just exploded you know people come they work it's too much they can't they just can't do it and you know no hate to them at all I mean it's a lot we're experiencing that as well, you know, and I think every veterinary hospital is experiencing that and I hope it gets better. I hope it doesn't get worse. You know, I feel like we're close to rock bottom with everything going on. And so when you hit rock bottom, the only thing you can do is go, go up, you know, so I'm hoping the next few months we can turn it around and start getting better and things will get better. Uh, That's all you can hope for it. So. Yeah. That's all we can really do is kind of hope and pray and, drink and 
eat fried food and kind of just go from there. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso. Do you want to keep up with everything Vet Matt? Then check out my show on Vet Candy TV. We talk about clinical updates, science news, plus some of the coolest people in our profession. Stream at My Vet Candy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. So I don't know if you know this, but Sonic has this new Oreo ice cream, and it's like a chocolate ice cream cone, and it's got Oreo fluff, and it's got like cookies and cream ice cream and Oreo bits. And, you know, our Sonic in town is out of the Oreo fluff. I'm like, this is not okay. Yeah, I have. So speaking of Oreos, so I have a, uh, a friend that um, owns a, a brewery. And it's, a, it's actually a gluten-free brewery, which is great. And they started making Oreo-infused beer. I bet that's really good. Oh, it is. It's so good. Her, I don't know if I can plug her um, company, but it's called, <laughs> it's called Holla Daily. And it's in Golden, Colorado. Their beer is amazing. And it's so nice to come home after a stressful day working and just open a, a beer. And they're infused with... Oreos and some are have are infused with brownies and they have pumpkin spice and it's just so good. Yes, I'm a stereotype. I love pumpkin spice. Like I just embrace it. Ugg boots and pumpkin spice. That's me. I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. So if you ever see it or hear about it, you know, you should try it for sure. Definitely. So Colorado is kind of my dream state. Like I've always wanted to go to Colorado. I think it is so beautiful. And then I'm also like a grown-up 12-year-old and South Park is like my favorite thing. And it takes place in Colorado. So I'm like, I want to go to Colorado. That's so cool. Speaking of South Park, the creators of South Park actually just bought a restaurant that has been an icon here in Colorado. And because of COVID, the owners lost money and they were had to file bankruptcy. So they were closing. I think it's Trey Parker and Matt Stone that are the creators. Yeah. So they actually purchased this uh, restaurant and they're turning it into this like world-class, like Mexican high-end, like really great food. They're going to have uh, rock divers diving into a pool in the restaurant and it's, it's going to be great. That's so cool. Okay. So I'm going to come visit when that opens and we're going to go. It's called Casa Bonita. Oh, you know, that's the name of Cartman's favorite restaurant in South Park. Casa Bonitas. I love, oh my gosh, that's great. That's the cool, I didn't know that. So do you see at, at the university, is it more just small animal pets or do you get to see wildlife and exotics as well? You know, we work with everything. We do see some wildlife. Most of it is animals from the zoo. Um, we don't actually see like deer or elk that come in or, you know, birds that have been hurt and whatnot. So, but we do see animals from the zoo, lots of exotics, which is actually one of my specialties that I absolutely love. Yes, it like warms my heart to be working with a rabbit or a tiny hedgehog or something like that. That's a part of my career that I really enjoy. Yeah, and we see dogs and cats and and we've done a couple fish. Um, Birds are great. We have a great 
exotics veterinarian, zoo veterinarian, um, Miranda Sadar, who is absolutely amazing, but she's incredible with how she works with the animals and she's so smart. And so we get to work with her and we do have the wild animal sanctuary that's in Kingsburg and they actually rescue big wild animals like bears and lions and tigers. And these animals have come from captive situations and they uh, have come from zoos that we're keeping them in really bad situations. And so they get transferred to this wild animal sanctuary. And unfortunately, a lot of times the animals that come in have needs that need to be surgically managed. And so they come to us and we anesthetize them. And so it's pretty incredible to have a grizzly bear to anesthetize or a lion. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I have a friend and I can't say where she works because I'm probably not supposed to know about this, but they got to work on a tiger at a zoo. And she sent me a picture of the tiger in the MRI. And I was like, oh my God, that is the coolest thing ever. Are y'all hiring? It'll be a commute, but I'll come work for you. <laughs> so cool. So anesthesia, that's kind of your specialty. That's That's what you like the most. I'm not specialized in it. I don't have my uh, specialty certification, but um, that's my primary position. You know, down the road, once I get my business going and situated and everything, that's a goal of mine is to get my certification in anesthesia. But I've been working at CSU in anesthesia for about 10 years. Um, It's something that I absolutely love. And I couldn't really picture myself doing anything else. What about anesthesia kind of drew you to it? So I think a lot of it is the ability to uh, manage the pain that animals have, especially animals that come in that have a broken leg or have some sort of traumatic injury and they're in severe pain and just being able to give them something to, you know, ease that pain and then just let them sleep while they're getting surgery and getting fixed and then having them wake up on a better, better plane of you know, just recovery and not having that pain. Yeah. And that's good knowing that someone like you is taking care of our babies when they're sedated and monitoring them and all that. That's, that's scary. That's scary. Anesthesia scares a lot of people. Well, I mean, it should, it scares me a lot of times too, you know. You also know the worst case scenarios too, so that doesn't help. I think we've seen it all. It's a great feeling to have when you can help an animal and also knowing that you're helping the owners with helping their animals. And that's something that's important to me as well is knowing that you're taking care of somebody's baby, you know, and you have to take that into, you know, when you bring the animals into the clinic or the hospital, knowing that this animal belongs to somebody and they love that this animal. And there's a person on the other end of the leash. But yeah, patient care is my number one thing. And I really think that animals deserve to have great patient care when they're in the veterinary hospital. And I've seen some instances where it's things don't turn out so great, unfortunately, for anesthesia and you do everything you can. And But on the other side where animals recover well and they're able to go home and just knowing that you did everything you could to help them to get to walk out the door. Um, is really, really important. Yes. So tell me about your invention, the Brady boot. Oh, yeah. So I've been working in the veterinary field for about 20 years. So I've been in this field for a while um, as a technician. And throughout my career, we have 
experienced so many different ways of um, monitoring our patients as far as using different methods. And they've been really archaic and haven't really turned into anything great. One of the things that we usually do, I'm sure most veterinary hospitals have experienced this, is using the metal EKG clamps. And, you know, you put them on the patients and they don't feel great when they pinch the skin. Sure. And some of the places you got to pinch, it's kind of like, oh, girl, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. And some of the animals have really thin skin, like greyhounds or little tiny Yorkies (laughs) that come in. So I really wanted to find something or provide something that was better experience for the animals and didn't cause pain. When I find a product that, you know, it works, but it could be better. I always try and think of different ways to make it better. So with the reading the EKG, the metal clamps, it, it works great for us, but it's not great for the patient. And when you have a patient under anesthesia for an hour or two and those clamps are in the same spot for that long, you can only imagine what it does to that skin that's under there. I developed a product that actually goes on, it slips on the animal's paws and it's made of a natural silicone that is naturally antimicrobial and it's really soft. So this, it's a, it's a boot. I call them Brady boots. They're really cute. They look like little mittens. Thank you. I developed this product that goes on the paws and actually insulates their paws. Um, We all know that dogs get really cold feet when they're under anesthesia. When they're insulated, you notice that their temperatures kind of start coming up. During my experience, you know, over the last few years of being, being out in the real world, also being at CSU, one of the things that many veterinarians do and many um, technicians do is actually wrap the patient's feet in bubble wrap or put socks on, insulate those little paws. You know, my product does that. And it also, it's also equipped with um, an ECG button. When you put the boot on the dog's or cat's paw, there's actually an area where you could put the ultrasound gel inside, which is acts as a conduct, conducting agent. And when you slip the boots on, get them all strapped on, you can attach your EKG uh, leads to it. And, you know, the gel stays warm, it never loses contact, even with a really furry like huskies or malamutes, you know, those really furry little critters, that connection stays there. And, you know, the, the paws get warm. And when I first, first started working on this product, I noticed that, you know, the temperature would slightly drop maybe a degree after getting the patient under anesthesia. But after maybe like 20 minutes, the temperature started coming up slowly and slowly. And then it would just stay at a maintained its level and it would never go down, but it was always just keep going up or stay at a maintained level. You know, they work really well with another device, a warming device, whether it's a blanket or a heated water pad or a bear hugger. They work really well with those. It's funny that um, the anesthesia, or sorry, the dentistry department at CSU loves the Brady boots and, you know, they work really well for the dental patients that are under for a while and, you know, they get soaked with water. Yes. Yes. Some of those little guys, because in February's dental month, you know, but all these little old dogs that lose all their teeth and it's, yeah, I mean, that can take some time, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the Brady boots work really well and, 
I'm excited about my product. I don't think I'm done with the innovation of my product. I see the Brady Boots becoming a wireless Bluetooth capable product in the future. So that's something that I'm working on in the beginning stages. But, you know, the veterinary industry doesn't really have a wireless wearable anesthesia monitoring device. And that's something that I feel like the Brady Boots have the capability of. We just need to do the research and develop development of it and just figure it out. And I feel like the science is there. I just have to figure out how to get it into my product. So that's coming down the road. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. This is Dr. Quincy Hawley, and I'm here to tell you about a new show. It's Vet Candy Rounds with the Hawleys. That's right, Dr. Tierra, the love of my life, and I have teamed up to bring you the most fascinating cases in the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or a podcast platform of your choice, only on Vet Candy Radio. So where did the name come from? Where did the name Brady Boots come from? My mother had a great dog. Um, He actually came from a shelter in Arizona. She named him Brady. He ended up being one of the best dogs I've ever met. Such a sweet dog. Very calm, very warming, very affectionate. Unfortunately, he got some melanoma and we were treating and he passed away. And this was in the middle of me getting started on my um, invention and the U.S. patent department was asking what I was going to call my product. And it's like, well, so I'm going to call them Brady boots, you know, but it works well. And, you know, it's, it's pays homage to little dog and, and, you know, another name for the boots also came from um, the term bradycardia. So there's actually two meanings behind it. And I don't know, this this product, it was so easy to make and get going and it just all fell into place. I felt like it was something that was meant to be and something that was meant to come to the veterinary field. And I've always had a deep passion of wanting to make a difference in the veterinary field and just put my name on something to help patients out. And I feel like this is it. And it's it's pretty cool. It's really cool. And it's such a needed product, even though the idea of it is simple. I'm not saying it's simple at all, because I know there's like all kinds of science. It's way over my head. But even though the idea is is so, you know, quote unquote, simple, it's so needed and so valuable to these little, little babies. Yeah. You know, with being a technician and trying to figure out problems, you know, there's so many amazingly smart, bright technicians out there that I know have great ideas. They just don't have the know-how or the ability to get their product out there. And I feel like, you know, this is a stepping stone, but I feel like there needs to be more support and more education of how technicians can bring their ideas forward, you know, because we work with the animals hands-on every day. We always come up with crazy ideas of how to make things work when they're not working. Having this opportunity really open the doors, the door in so many ways for the veterinary technicians and the veterinary industry. So really grateful for it. 
Now, this is the Desk Winch Show, and we do talk about dealing with the public, and we love to shame a Karen or two. So, having been in the veterinary field for 20 years, I'm sure you've you've met a couple of crazy people. Oh, oh I have. I have. And, you know, I do have a couple stories that I could share. One story, you know, back, was a couple weeks ago, you know, we do see so many exotic animals. And we had a, um, a client that had a chicken that came in. So we do see chickens. The chicken hat was egg bound. So the chicken went into surgery and had been in surgery for a while. I think she was in there for almost four hours. And um, they were trying to get, you know, I think she had like four eggs stuck or something. Oh, wow. I didn't know they could have more than just one stuck. I'm not sure what was going on, but she had a lot of stuff going on with her cloaca and not being able to push the eggs out. And so anyway, so during the procedure, she started losing a lot of blood. All of a sudden, you know, the client shows up with her other chicken and we were talking and decided that, hey, you know, we can do a blood transfusion. (laughs) Where do you pull blood from a chicken? You know, I wasn't there for that. Um, I wasn't present for the blood transfusion part, but... Oh my gosh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, anesthesiologists and critical care and everybody that was involved, you know, they pulled it together and we actually did a blood transfusion and this chicken lived. That's so sweet. Yeah, so I don't know if I would call it a crazy client story, but she, um, you know, the client has, I think she has 13 chickens at home and they live in her house and, you know, they also live in their pen, but, you know, she has t-shirts for all of them and yeah, it's so funny. Oh my goodness. We have a little lady who comes to our clinic and bless her little heart. She can't weigh 90 pounds and her hair is, is green. She colors her hair with a green highlighter and she's, she has a bunch of chickens, and they were living in the house, and it was very similar. Like, that is something this client would have done. I can't throw too much shade because I, I, I have a little rat right now that I'm so in love with. So, I mean, you have chickens. I've always heard people with chickens love their chickens. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This lady loves her chickens. So, um, it was pretty incredible to experience that and see how medicine works, you know, and just being innovative like that and um, figuring it out. And, you know, the chickens at home and they're both doing well and they're great. So the other, the other crazy client story, we deal with clients that go through a lot. You know, some people just, they snap sometimes and they can't handle it. And especially in veterinary medicine, you know, when you're telling the owners, you know, this is what it's going to cost and how much it's going to be and whatnot. And I had a client that had come in and she was, she was just at her wit's end with everything and got her in the room and kind of calmed her down. And she just started cracking so many jokes and having so much fun. And we brought in some little puppies that came in and um, brought them into her and kind of helped her out. It was really cool to see somebody that was really stressed out and then just kind of leaving in a better mood. And not that, you know, it was a crazy, crazy story or crazy, crazy woman or anything, but it's a crazy situation, I guess, with having all those emotions in there and just being able to turn somebody's day around and whatnot. And I also worked with, I don't know, some people may have heard of him, but Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, he's a comedian on the side. He was a veterinarian at the time, the place I worked at with this client. And, you know, it was, it was refreshing to have him there too. So 
That's such a beautiful like hand of grace that you gave that client because it's so easy for us when people are being so, so mean and you know, logically, there's something going on in their life. They're worried about their pet. They're worried about their finances. Their reasons for being upset are justified, but like, don't talk to me that way. (laughs) I'm trying to help you, you know, but how awesome that you were able to give them that extra kindness, that extra love, you know, and that it it made everybody feel better. And that's good. We need more stories like that. Yeah. And it's the magic of puppies. Like there's something about puppies that just makes everything better. It does. It really does. I love puppies. What's your favorite kind of dog? Oh gosh, that's a hard question. Um, You know, I really like small dogs. Chihuahuas. I love chihuahuas. I love little shih tzus and just the little ones. You know, I also like the the labs, you know, every dog has a different personality and something that, you know, every, there's always a person for a different dog and you have the large dog people and the small dog people. And so I have, I actually own a variety of dogs. So (laughs) I have a pug mix and I have a chihuahua and I also have a German shepherd and they all get along well. You know, it's, it's hard to pick and choose which one's your favorite, you know? They are. They are. My best friend growing up was my German Shepherd. So I, I, I have, even though I know they can act a damn fool at the vet, you know, like I know how special they are to their people and how wonderful they are to their people. So I have a, a huge soft spot for German Shepherds. And I used to be one of those people that like, oh, if it's, if it's not a German Shepherd, it's just a dog. But then I started working in vet med. It's like, oh, these are great too. And I like these and I like these. And now I have a shitty little Pomeranian that's the love of my life. So it's kind of like, wow, I went from this big, giant, wonderful thing that would have died for me to this little yappy asshole that I would die for. And you've probably done this too. You know, you work with, before you go into vet med, you're like, oh, I love this dog. Oh, I want this kind of dog. And then you learn about the breeds and the problems. And then by the time you're in, you're like, oh no, I do not want one of those. I do not want one of those. I would have one of those. Right? Yes. I have my list of both sides for sure. What's a breed you want? You know, Italian greyhounds are pretty interesting dogs. Oh, I love Iggy's. Yeah, um, they've got great personalities and Scottish Terriers are really cool with their personalities. I've never met a real Scottish Terrier. No? Oh, they're they're awesome. They're very feisty, very good dogs. They're very loyal, um, but they're pretty feisty. They're really cute. I'm starting to get a soft spot for German short-haired pointers. I don't know, was there a movie recently with German short-haired pointers? Because I feel like we're seeing a ton of German short-haired pointers here lately. I don't know. I, um, you know, they're great dogs. One of my coworkers um, has a couple and she absolutely adores them and they're great dogs. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people that actually have them and um, German short haired pointers are really cool dogs. GSPs. I had a guy call to make an appointment. He's like, I have a GSP. And I'm like, German short hair pointer. He's like, hey, you knew what that was. And I'm like, bro, I work at the vet. <laughs> so, <laughs> come at, don't at me, bro. <laughs> so I have a fun little game called Would You Rather. Are you down for some Would You Rather? Sure. All right. So Natalie, would you rather vomit on your hero or have your hero vomit on you? Oh my gosh. Probably have my hero vomit on me. <laughs> Girl, same, and I'd never bathe again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that would just be an experience, I guess. It and- would. <laughs> I'd be like, it's an honor. 
Now you have to take a picture with me. You owe this to me. <laughs> Would you rather give up AC and heat for the rest of your life or give up the internet for the rest of your life? I think I would give up the internet for the rest of my life. If things keep going the way they are right now in this world, it would be nothing better than living on an island with a nice house with great AC and the ocean. And that's it. (laughs) Uh, I love everything about what you just said. That sounds so nice. But then, okay, so would there be a loophole though? Like, would we still have the internet for our jobs? Because we need that. I am from a generation that did grow up without the internet for a period of time. So I do know what it's like without it. <laughs> we used to go play outside. It was weird. Right. I know. Kids these right. days are like, what? No. So yeah, you make a good point. Making money. Uh, that's important. Let's let's say just for funsies, just to make life a little easier, recreational internet, maybe. Like you can still do work emails. You can still submit blood work and stuff, but you can't play on TikTok, which is kind of my downfall in life. Yeah, I don't know. I'm addicted to TikTok. So, (laughs) you know, people that put their videos out there and, you know, just put it all out there. It's really awesome. Hey, guys, y'all can follow me on TikTok at Duskwinch. So, (laughs) would you rather spend a week in the forest or a night in a real haunted house? I think I would do one night in a haunted house just to get it over with and not have the anxiety for the week. <laughs> Same. Plus, how cool would it be to be in a real haunted house? But knowing my luck, the ghosts would be like, uh, no, not tonight. And I'd be like, cool. And then I'd go to sleep. Well, you know, that could happen for sure. Or they could come out and just scare the bejesus out of you all night. Yes. I love horror stuff. I've been to haunted houses. Like real, like we've been to the Myrtle's Plantation and like some of the haunted casinos in New Orleans and stuff, but I I haven't had an experience. So I'm kind of like, do ghosts not like me? So I feel like if I spent the night in a haunted house, I would just kind of play on my phone all night and that'd be it. So I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, in Colorado, so I actually don't live too far from the town of Estes Park and they have the Stanley Hotel. It's a haunted hotel. That was the Shining Hotel, wasn't it? Yep, that's where they go part of the Shining, yeah. So I've actually stayed there a few times, and I've had a couple experiences, and uh, it's pretty cool. If you're ever in Colorado and get a chance to stay there, you definitely should. But one of my experiences I had was, the so the fourth floor is the most haunted floor. We were going from the lobby up to the fourth floor and getting into the elevator Um, The elevator is all mirrors on all four sides and the door closes with a chain on it. And all of a sudden when the door closed, like the elevator got really cold and you just got this chill. It was just so crazy. And going up to the fourth floor and getting out and you just lost your breath coming out of the elevator. So I feel like there was something else with us that wasn't supposed to be. Would you rather never age physically or never age mentally? Never age mentally. I, uh, I've seen what that does to people, and it's really hard to watch. And losing your memory and not remembering who's around and whatnot just kind of kind of scares me a little bit. So I definitely think 
not losing my memory is the number one. <laughs> that is so sad. I hate Alzheimer's. It's like, oh, that's like literally the worst thing ever. So I interpreted it a little different because I was thinking never age mentally because I'm like a giant 12-year-old. So I'm like, well, I'm already not aging mentally. So I'll just not age physically and I'll be however old I am forever. Yeah, you could definitely look at it that way. And with that, I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> I, I, I would be on board with that, you know, just keeping my personality, but, um, you know, never aging physically. It'd be great. <laughs> like I could probably still learn new things but I would still probably giggle when someone says but which I still do it's very hard to write sometimes when I'm writing um like presenting problems it's like scooting but it's like <laughs> and if I know it's something that just the just the staff's gonna see <laughs> someone's dog this is just the other day they were like she's got like a, a fishy smell coming you know coming from down there because you know how people are really like Oh, this is so embarrassing for my dog. <laughs> so <laughs> I wrote on the paperwork, I said, fishy smell coming from lady bits. Nobody said anything about it. I was like, I was really proud of that, you guys. Like, I could have been professional, but I wasn't. <laughs> we'll be right back with more vet candy. Hi, this is Dr. Jessica Turner from Living Well with Dr. Jessica. When life is busy, it's easy to put your personal needs at the bottom of your list of things to do. That's why you need to read my book, Best of Living Well with Dr. Jessica. Discover ways to care for yourself, improve your happiness and well-being. Check it out for free at Kindle Unlimited, Apple Books, and even at MyVetCandy.com. It is time to make your wellness a priority. So tell us, where can our listeners go to find out more information about you and about Brady Boots and about Colorado State University? Brady Boots, I um, have a website. Um, it's through my company, Blue Line Veterinary Technologies. Um, my website is bluelinevet.com. And you can get all the information um, through my website. I have a couple videos of how to put the Brady Boots on how to clean them, and just kind of an instructional video. I also partner with um, Jorgensen Vets, Jorgensen Laboratories. Um, They're a big um, veterinary product distributor here in Colorado. And they're actually a global company, but I was able to partner with them and they distribute my product, um, the Brady Boots. So you can actually find them on jorvet.com as well. And they're in their catalog as well online. And we're actually going to be at the Western Veterinary Conference coming up in March. So if you come by the Jorgensen Labs booth, we'll be there. I'll be there showing everybody the boots. And with Colorado State University, you can go to coloradostateuniversity.com or colostate.edu and find out more information about, you know, the programs that they have and um, upcoming events and it's a great university. It's one of the top universities in the country. I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to work there and be able to have the backing from the university to help me. You know, they help me invent my product and they, they're helping me down the line as well. And 
it's really cool to have that. And um, yeah, so go to colostate.edu and you can find out more information. Awesome. And we'll link that in the show notes as well for anybody that wants to, to look at it. So, well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for all that you do for all the babies. Oh, yes. And thank you for, you know, the show and re- being able to have guests on that can reach out to so many people and providing this experience. Um, I was really excited to be here. And so thank you. This has been a fantastic show. Thank you so much for joining me and thanks for listening. I love sharing these stories with you. If you enjoyed the show, please hit that subscribe button. You can always find me on Bet Candy and TikTok at DeskWinch. Until next time, make it a great day. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.